Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. It's Flames Nation Radio, episode 32. We're still alive. Uh, a week ago, actually six days ago, because we're recording a day early because of reasons, uh, Shane and I, brought to you by DoorDash and Eau Claire Distillery, Makers of Ripper's Whiskey, the official whiskey of the Calgary Flames, a whiskey to mourn playoff losses with, a whiskey to celebrate playoff triumphs with, and the, the, the Flames fans throughout Alberta and the rest of the country and the rest of the hockey playing world got to see one hell of a Game 7 on Sunday night. Uh I'm sure it kept many of us up past our usual bedtimes. Uh, play, there's different rules for playoffs. Uh, we are all very, I imagine, very groggy and unproductive on Monday. But the Calgary Flames uh, defeated the Dallas Stars 3-2 in overtime with about five minutes left in the first overtime period. Uh, we had spoken about the need for the Flames to get more from specific players. So who scored in that game? Tyler Toffoli, Matthew Kachuk. And with an overtime winner for his second goal of the series, both of which were game winners, Johnny Gaudreau, who uh, after the game mentioned that, you know, it was the, the biggest goal he scored in the biggest stage he's ever scored on. Uh, yeah, Shane, we're I still doing podcasts. We have playoff hockey to talk about for another two weeks. so pumped that we're not doing an obituary podcast. And instead we're talking about not just another playoff series. Like, let's, let's just say this right off the top. We are going to play not just another playoff series. We are going to play the very hated Edmonton Oilers, all because of a fantastic performance by the Flames. Let's not kid ourselves. 67 shots. They might have added more shots. We were sleeping. I'm it was 60, 67 shots. I think according to our pals at National Stat Trick, I think at even strength, at only even strength, 117 shot attempts. Yeah, just they brought they came to play right from the opening faceoff, which some people might dispute because Ben scored, but no, Ben scoring really. I, def- defensemen didn't make mistakes at all. Defensemen they, make mistakes. Yeah, and, but they didn't. The best part is it didn't phase them. They they that the old Flames would have let a goal like that kill them. This Flames absolutely not. They yeah. stuck and, to their guns. They didn't get the goal to tie it until the second period, and then they immediately give it back up. And every fan everywhere, because I'm pretty sure I was the same as you. I was sitting at home going, "Come on." Like they're out shooting them three to one in attempts. They're out attempting them five to one and they're up two to one. What the heck do we have to do to beat Jake Ottinger and credits to those fans in the corner. You guys rock. 
sitting there with your jersey over your heads giving the voodoo. I'll, I'll just say this. I'll just say this. <laughs> I love you, Flames fans, but Flames Reddit is weird, man. Oh, I mean, that, that whole situation, I'm just avoiding that. Yeah, Flames, Flames Reddit is weird. We love all you Flames fans. We couldn't do, do what we do without your interest and support. Sometimes, sometimes you guys do weird stuff. We love you anyway, but you do weird stuff. But yeah, Shane, like that was... It was, was like, I, I, I had the, 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 the good fortune to be at that game covering it. Uh, damn. I'll say this. I'll say this. Uh, two things. One, I agree with you. This was a game that, you know, the, this, a, a previous incarnation of the flames would have lost this game. And I'll say this, like the flames played a very good hockey game, capital, very capital good. It wasn't perfect. And the two mistakes they fair. made were, end up in the back finished, of the like, you play against like you play that game against Columbus. It's a seven-two victory. If if you play, play that if you play that Columbus. game against any other goaltender, it's probably a much different game. I mean, yeah. all time Jake Ottinger had one of the best playoff performances of any goaltender in Stanley Cup playoffs history. I've, and the I've been still using beat. the word I've been using the word historic. And then at the graphics that Sportsnet was putting up at the end, the third most saves in a series ever, highest save percentage ever by a goaltender to ever debut in the Stanley Cup playoffs ever. Ever this this is better than Broder, Hasek, Watt. You go back, you can go back even farther. You can go back into the eighties, the seventies. Literally historic. A hundred plus years of the NHL. Jake Ottinger had one of the best ever performances, and Calgary still found a way to beat him. Yeah, and I, and I think that was that was the name of the game because in the the reason why the Flames are, are playing on and the Stars aren't is because a uh, the Flames deserve to win. Daryl Sutter said so much in his post game address. Uh, the Flames were the better team. They outchanced them, outshot them, out everything them, and then they managed to find a way to outscore them in four of the seven games. But you know, one uh, a toast to the Dallas Stars. Those they put up a hell of a fight. We talked a couple weeks ago about. Uh, stylistic matchups. I think Nashville would have been a more run and gun series. And I think that suits in a way, some of the offensive weapons for the flames. Dallas was basically the flames facing their doppelganger. It was the flames versus a team that had a a really good veteran group, a really good defensive group and players are willing to play that kind of throttling style. Rick bonus got them to play that style. They, they knew that their only chance of winning was key key goals from key players and then stifling defensive style to protect their goaltender and to keep the amount of high danger chances down. And for the most part, they did it. And the Flames managed to beat them anyway, playing possibly, I I don't know if they're, I'd say if we were ranking the teams who made the playoffs in terms of, ooh, don't want to play them, I'd say most Flames fans would say Colorado at number one because Colorado is just excellent. Absolutely. And Right up there, though, would be Dallas because of the well, they, style that Dallas plays. They they struggled. We talked about this all year and lots of other episodes. The style that they struggled during the regular season to play against was the big, heavy hockey. And before our playoff preview, I said, well, that's why St. Louis scares me. Well, St. Louis took care of Minnesota, so that validates that for me. And I'm like, now they got to see if they get by Colorado. But Dallas played the same style. Like, Dallas plays the big, heavy, defended hockey, and they have veterans that have done it before. Miro Heiskin was on another level in that overtime. I was cursing his name more than – and then he ends up making the play that pinches too hard and Johnny gets the rebound to score. So that's just, that's just a when, fun when fact. You, when you're, I'll say this. But when they were playing, playing hard. When you're playing 30-plus minutes, like if you were coaching the Dallas, the, Stars, the Dallas Stars or I was coaching the Dallas Stars and I had a Miro Heiskin and it's a – win or you're done kind of game i would be playing the hell out of miro heiskanen you can give him a couple days off before the next round but if you want to survive you you overplay miro heiskanen because you should 
Markstrom Markstrom came up big in overtime when he needed so to come up big. We, this was brought up. Um, Dan Murphy uh, of oh, Sportsnet yeah. was uh, everyone knows Dan. Dan Murphy, awesome, awesome, awesome reporter, awesome broadcast. He was just Dan Murphy, just good. So Dan Murphy was uh, in attendance. He was uh, one of the gentlemen covering the series for Sportsnet, and he sort of mentioned, you know, we he mentioned offhand uh, during actually before the presser, maybe after the presser, sort of, you know, was, I think the broadcast might've put up a graphic about uh, how great Ottinger was. And Ottinger was great. No one's disputing that. But Murphy mentioned to me and to a couple of us, we don't, are we not mentioning uh, Jacob Markstrom enough? And so I'll say this. I thought in the third period, Dallas had a lot of good chances in a tie game to possibly win it. They, they didn't because Markstrom is good. And that first five, six minutes of overtime, I oh could, you could God. tell you know, the, the building was nervous and you could tell Plains fans, every rush towards the net going, Oh no, is this the, is this the one where they lose? And I, I think based on their franchise's history of, of just traumatic, traumatic losses in game sevens, I think that fear was probably valid. And then Markstrom said, don't worry about this guys. And without, well, with a, the with mentioned. a different goalie in net, they don't make it to the, the the space in that period where Dallas gets tired and the Flames can counter punch and grind them down for the second half of that overtime. No, absolutely not. Uh, he was he was a rock. Uh, every, worth every penny they paid for him. You know, some people, myself included, I, I'll say this. I'll roast myself. I was like, I wouldn't spend that much on a goalie. You could probably get a good one for five. Or four, I mean, four I mean, six, you know what? Let's let's be let's be let, let's just be honest here. Six by six makes me a bit nervous. I'll say the same thing. I, I'm nervous about spending a lot of money on goaltenders north of 30 and defensemen north of 30, simply because at some point Father Time comes by and says, sup, unless you're like Patrice Bergeron or Mark Giordano or like a handful of players. But the whole reason why you spend $6 million on a goalie is so that they can give you Vesna caliber goaltending in the regular season and the playoffs. And when, shock in horror, the one game when it matters the most, he was on the top of the game. He only let in two goals in 75 minutes of hockey. Yep. What and, and a, and a lot of good chances late Pavelski in the game. scared me tons of times. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm a terrible thing to say. I was super excited. Hints wasn't in. I was like, oof, he had bad reaction to medication, which is like unfortunate for Dallas. Uh, cause, cause I've now we, and we know what was wrong with all the Dallas stars now because they're eliminated. Don't folks do not expect any injury information out of the Calgary flames. They will give you nothing. They won't. No, I mean, nor nor should yeah, they. I mean, absolutely, if, they're if not. I, if I were, if you know, in our capacity, we'll occasionally ask Daryl, "What can you tell us about the lines? What can you tell us about the lineup? What can you tell us about goalies?" Yeah. And he is well within his rights to say, "I don't want to tell you that." And we'll go, "Okay, the job is to ask. You don't get told without asking." But, I mean. Fire him, I wouldn't tell us anything. So I mean, oh, yeah. I ain't I ain't gonna rag on. I that. wouldn't say a dime. Tyler Sagan had a broken foot after game one, and they and the stars are still so I'm so, uh, I've been complimenting dude, the stars quite a bit. Hints was oblique injury, not uh, not medication. Oh, he had an oblique injury, and then Rick Bonus said that they put something in his they they injected him. I don't know if it was a cortisone or what. They injected him with something to try and get him to go, and because he was out for warm-ups, and then Okay. Yeah. Uh, then they said he had a bad reaction. They had to pull him last minute, and that's why Gryanov came in. And Gryanov, if that, that's remember, why. That's was it Gryanov or Ty uh, Delandre? Because Gryanov, I think, was the Alandra came in for another player. I can't remember who. Uh, he was already in Glenn the Denning. lineup. Glenn Denning. Delandre came in because he. But bonus is like Sutter, and certain players will play certain roles. And Delandre, you 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 go play the role that we had Glenn oh. Denning playing. 
Grianov, you go play the role we had Hintz playing. So again, kudos to Johnny Gaudreau for two. He scored two goals in, in the playoffs in the series. Seven games. One man. was the shorthanded goal, or one was the the the, uh, the penalty shot that was a game winner. The other one was the overtime game winner. If you're going to choose two games to score in, those are the games to score in. That's why he's that you know he's a big time player. He that's why he gets paid his money. That's why Daryl Sutter is proud of him. The and hardest goals. trophy to win in NHL is Daryl Sutter being proud of you. Well, and, and here did, what, did you see that? Did, did you see that? What photo? did he say all season about goals? He says, "Oh, I don't care if he scored goals. I care if he scored big goals." Big goals. Did you Who see that? The two biggest goals. Did in the you, series? Did you see that? Uh, the photo of the handshake line. I have it saved on my phone. Because <laughs> okay, it's I, the only time I've seen Sutter truly outside of a press conference where he's roasting you guys. It's the only time I've seen him smile on the ice. So I, I saved Darryl it. Daryl Sutter just enjoys life. But yeah, like he you know, puts his arm around Johnny. You know, they're at the at the line. He's sort of tussling his hair and stuff. It was adorable. Like, I don't he, like... I, the... Did you see the video where he goes to leave? Like, he was going to go leave. And like, all of a sudden he goes, nope, got to shake hands. Like, he comes back. The, like, I think yeah. Kirk Muller nudges him and be like, dude, we got to do the thing. Yeah, like, dude, you got to shake Rick's I'll hand. Say, I'll, I'll say this. No greater tradition in sports than the handshake line in hockey. I, I it's It's seven games of 40 guys just beating the shit out of each other and absolutely hating each other. And at the end, you go, good game, good game, good game. And guys are hugging and crying. And, you know, you have Markstrom telling guys they're the friggin' future and stuff like that. Like, it's it's just good stuff. His it's, eyes, when he was talking to Ottinger, he was like, you could tell Markstrom was like, man, why did you make me have to play that hard? Like, come on. <laughs> I think I think he was probably like, I don't know many human beings that are as competitive as Jacob Markstrom is mm-hmm. or as mad when they lose or as happy when they win. And like he was, that was, I, I think on a certain level, you're, he's kind of probably kind of pissed at uh, Odger for making his life so difficult, but I think he also probably appreciates the challenge because oh, he, he both of that was, it was a goaltending duel. It was a defensive duel. It was a hell of a series. Uh, kudos. Uh, I'm, I have a lot of, a fair amount of familiarity with the Dallas Stars. My friend, uh, Derek Newmeyer of the FC hockey uh, used to work for uh, as one of the, the key writers for defending big D uh, in the SB nation network. Uh, so shout out to those folks. Uh, I, I know a few of them, really good folks at defending Big D. They have a good team there. They are covering a good team. Um, I had a chance to chat with several people uh, from the Stars organization, the Stars website, uh, you know, uh, Dallas, Mor- Dallas Morning News and, uh, and the Athletic, uh, Matt DeFranks, uh, Saad Youssef, uh, just, just a bunch of good people covering the Dallas Stars. They'll be back. They some of their, they have a handful of guys that are a bit older and might not be around the NHL much longer. But even if you look at, even if you look at the guys they barely play, like Ty Landry is a good. Oh, he's first, that was his first playoff game. He's a game good seven, player. Game seven was his first playoff. Game. He got like, called up in. from. He got called up from Texas as a black ace. Like they yeah. only brought him up at the end when they got knocked out of the playoffs. So I mean, da- Dallas has been really good at you know Jake Ottinger started the year in the American Hockey League because they had too many veteran goalies and he worked his way in and he was amazing they have a, a really good developmental system their farm team is really good they scout well they draft well they develop well Dallas will be back uh I don't think we've heard the last of Dallas will they be back? their players are young like they're like Hinson Robertson are young and they're they'll, Hintz, they'll get team Robertson 
Ottinger, Esselindel is scary good. This like he's not Heiskanen good, but he's they'll real have to good. get new Pete. They're gonna lose John Klingberg, but I mean, but enough about uh, and and we, and we move on to... and we and we don't know what's happened with Rick Bonus. Like he's 67, he's in last year's contract, but I mean, kudos, you know, Dal, you know, you got you got to give uh, a tip of the hat to the Vanquish. The Dallas Stars made the Flames earn it and earn it oh. with a capital E and a capital I. It was. It was a good I'll personally say that after overtime, I, I couldn't I couldn't physically go to bed till three because I was still amped up. Johnny Gaudreau's performance in that game, goal aside from start to finish, was it was it was like superstar status. That he was he was making moves, deeks inside, outside, back inside, getting chances that he would have scored on probably every other goaltender in the playoffs, chances that would have gone in and still getting stopped. Uh, the other player, he, he was unreal from start to finish. He never quit. He was the best player on the ice other than Ottinger at any given time. And the other player I really want to just say brought it right from the opening shift was noticeably standout. Amazing was Michael Backlund. Michael Backlund brought it. Michael Backlund, every shift was working his butt off. He, he, he didn't lose a battle for the puck. Backlund the last two to three games this series was 2015 2016 backland selkie backland like he was, he was unreal the like again mike i know mike fail tagged it in a on a on a on a in a thread i was talking with kent wilson today and i just watched another five times he started the game massive hit in the corner and gets said guess what boys we're here to start this is game seven. Let's go. No matter, and then Jamie Ben scores, but they, they kept with it. And Backland, that line with him and Coleman and Manjapani was working hard, but you just, you just, it, he looked like he was on another level playing and above everybody else. And there's some good players in that game. And I got to say, Michael Backland was top five. Okay. Who are letters in that game? Three pl- with, with uh, Chris Tanev uh, on the shelf temporarily and Stone John Monahan done for the season. Uh, the three guys that wore letters were Johnny Gaudreau, who scored the overtime winner, Michael Backlund, who won a ton of face-offs, killed penalties. He was, they only had one penalty, which is good, but Backlund was just playing like he had something to prove, mm-hmm. and he did. And so the two longest tenured flames brought it, and the wearing letters. The third guy, who I thought had the best game of the series easily, For was him. Matthew Kachuk. Absolutely. Scored a goal. He made a really unselfish play, taking a hit to move the puck out, uh, from behind the net on on the the overtime winner, uh, you know I, I think it I think it was fair to be critical of some of Kachuk's series. I don't think he was at his best early in the series. I think he was a little bit too up in getting into the physical game. I think he got schooled a little bit by Sedgan and Ben and Pavelski and those veteran guys. I think he got too into the physicality of Klingberg and Graffle. I get wanting to make a difference. But there's other guys who could do that part of it. And Matthew Kachuk's a good enough player in everything else in this game. But I think getting away from what he's good at and getting into the physical stuff took him out of that. He was great in game seven. He was he, fully, he was fantastic in game seven. The attitude he exudes just on a daily basis, the swagger he has in his interviews, going shirtless towel interviews sometimes, everything. If I could describe Matthew Kachuk, I would say Matthew Kachuk is a big game player. And when the big game came, guess who showed up? Matthew Kachuk. Do you know I watched scored? him. I you watched know? him. I went to the Memorial Cup when it was in Red Deer when he played on that London Knights team. With were you were, were you at that gold medal game? I wasn't at the gold medal game, but I was at the game. I went to a game. Uh, they were going to play the Brandon Wheat Kings, 
And every expert said the Brandon Wheat Kings were the team that was going to win the Memorial Cup. They had Nolan Patrick. They were steamrolling everybody, and they were going to win. And the London Knights won that game 9-2. to Mitch Marner and Matthew Kachuk had six points apiece. Uh, they throttled them. They silenced their critics. On, I, when I, was on the win on I was at that game. I was at that game. We didn't uh, know each other then. I was doing I, some, <laughs> Derek and I actually went up for that game. We were, we were doing some scouting together. And so we were at that game. And, of course, Tyler Parsons was in net. And Tyler Parsons, yeah. like, it was basically a, a London team that was going full Globetrotters on the Wheaties. And the, yep. God bless them. The Wheaties got two or three breakaways. And every time, it was just glove save steal from from tyler parsons so that, like that was but yeah it's uh if you in, in, terms, Levy was on in, that team, in like, big game situations you rely on your big players you rely on the guys you're paying money to be big game players the guys who are letters in their jerseys the guys who talk to us all the time uh and you know make pronouncements and i'll say this i mean the 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 two like the the flames had started the season with three guys left over on the reserve list from when Der- from when Brad Tree Living arrived with the departure of Mark Giordano. He was the fourth guy. Monaghan, who couldn't play in the series, unfortunately. He had his surgery. He's done for the year. Gaudreau, Backlund. Those are the, they, they made a, con- a con- considered effort to keep Michael Backlund when he could have been in a, a UFA a couple years ago. They decided yeah, to keep him because video. he's very good and he does a lot of things to them. And, you know, they, 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 they want to keep Johnny Gaudreau. Uh, when he scored that goal in overtime, I turned to somebody I was talking to in the media lounge and said, "What, what do the kids say? Pay that man his money? We're we're, we're unabashedly pay that pay Johnny Gaudreau what he's worth here at Flames Nation. I hope they can come up with something I good. I'd love to. I'd love to be watching him do Johnny Gaudreau things for the foreseeable future. I, I fingers crossed with that. Uh, Johnny Johnny he, doesn't have it in him to look at Craig and tell him no." You can't make Conway cry. It's just mean. So Johnny's got to have to. You can't be mean to Craig. Yeah, you, uh, so, that's, that's our kicker. You so, can't make Craig cry. So <laughs> I imagine, mean. Shane, so much like you, I did not get to sleep until very late on Sunday night. <laughs> yeah, no. uh, my Monday was a write-off. So uh, there was a lot of honking throughout the city and a lot of rejoicing. And then I think the other, I think there's rejoicing and, and excitement for two reasons. One, the Flames won a playoff series for the first time since 2015. And just the second time since they went to the Stanley Cup final in 2004 and you know and and they drew a date with the Edmonton Oilers for the first time since 1991 so when the Flames played the Edmonton Oilers in 1991 I would have been five years old I think Pat was six I don't know you were alive listening to Pat Matt today Pat said he was six and then he looked at Matt he goes were you even a twinkle and I just stopped and I was like Matty Rose I wasn't either buddy I was born in 94 and I, this is, this is my first battle of Alberta playoffs, Pike first. And, and realistically, first. let's, let's be completely honest. I mean, Pat and I, like we were small children. Like we, we watched the games with our, with our dads. Like we enjoyed them for what we could as a five-year-old or a six-year-old. But when you're a five or six-year-old, you just see like everyone's loud and excited and there's food. Everyone's jazzed up and it's noisy and it's fun. It's fun the way a kid's birthday is fun uh, when you're six years old. When you're in your 30s and you've been waiting for this for 30 years, it's like, you know, it's this has been, it's like we've been waiting for Christmas. And we've been, to, I would say this, the Battle of Alberta the last couple of years in the regular season has been phenomenal. I mean, we haven't gotten things lined up in the playoffs the last few years. One team has been good and then the other team. And then I remember 06, they, it looked like we were going to get it, get it, but the, the, the ducks or the, uh, the ducks beat the flames in seven. And we're like, Oh, and we haven't had really had a near miss since then. Cause yeah. the flames 
and the and the Oilers have. I'll say that I'm I'm working on my on my series preview. It'll be up on Flames Nation on uh, on, on Wednesday morning. So here here's an interesting stat. So the Oilers went to the Stanley Cup final in 2006. The Flames went in 2004. Since that season, starting with the 06-07 playoff year, in 30 combined years, excluding this season, 30 combined playoff years, how many rounds have the two teams won combined? The answer, two. Two playoff rounds combined by the Flames and the Oilers that have been won in a combined 30 seasons. How parallel have these franchises been since the 90 since the 91 series though like like i think the oil didn't the oil i don't even know if the oilers went on i can't remember 92 if they did anything but like from the 90s like like they both the, have the, one the, cup the oilers had their decade of darkness yeah and the flames had the save the, the 90s, flames which was a decade of darkness <laughs> yeah and they you know they both had their renaissances near the same years 0304 506 playing years and then yeah. whole lot of nothing and, and they all you could, randomly win one round. And you could also you could also make the case that you know if you, look at, if, you, if you look at how the Flames and the Oilers have developed, the Oilers had some bad first rounds with Yakupov and some other guys. The Flames had some bad first rounds, Jankowski and other guys. Actually, Yakupov and Jankowski the same year. Uh, the and the the you know the, the Oilers had the fortune of finding a McDavid and a Drysital and a Yamamoto. They've gotten better and built a team that's been pretty good over the last few years. The Flames. A Goudreau, a Kachuk, some, and then some smart that trades. Lincoln Hannafin trade for Dougie. Yeah, they you, know, they've, you know. So I, I think, I think you're, you're, you're of the parallel. I'll, I'll, I'll go. I'll quickly go through the regular season results from the, the Battle of Alberta because it's kind of I find it fascinating. So the Flames and the Oilers have played four times in the regular season, as is the what they do with the current playoff format or the current regular season format. First two games were in Edmonton. Edmonton won both of them. Last two games were in Calgary. Calgary won both of them. Uh, the two games in Edmonton were in actually the first game of the season for the Flames, second game of the season for the Oilers. The the Oilers won five to two. The Oilers had two power play goals because the Flames got into penalty trouble. That was the game where Rasmus Anderson got a little bit too rambunctious. And then the Oilers finished off with an empty netter. Uh, that was a five two game. The Flames, I'd say, outplayed them at five on five, but unfortunately, there was not just five on five play in that game. Uh, the second game was in January. The Oilers won five to three. Again, two, two Oilers power play goals. The Flames managed to take dumb penalties at bad times. And I believe that was the game where Evan Bouchard scored on clappers from the point. Uh, yeah, the back-to-back Bouchard blasts. And I mean, that's, let's be honest, if you if you have a power play where you could have Leon Dreisaitl feeding Bouchard at the point Perfect. for one-timers, you do it. There's like, it's like saying, if you have a Miro Heiskanen, would you play him that much? Yes, because that's his job. And it's like if you had a sweet car, would you take it out on the highway and do sweet, sweet, cool, high speed things with it? Within safety, yes, because that's the point of having one. Uh, then uh, they met twice in March in Calgary. The first game was uh, Tyler DeFoley's first battle with Alberta, and he scored twice in a 3 1 Flames win. The, the Flames gave up zero power play goals. Hooray. And then a few weeks later, they met up one more time on just a batshit crazy Most entertaining game of the regular it was, season. The Oilers scored three power play goals, which sounds like a lot because it's a lot. Most teams, it's considered you think your you power play had you think your power play had a demonstrably bad game if you give up two power play goals. Flames gave up three. They won nine to five because the Oilers gave up nine five on five goals. Johnny Gaudreau had five assists. 
Uh, and uh, Matthew Kachuk had two goals and two assists. It was a track meet of a game. Uh, it was a weird game. It was a wildly entertaining game. It was the, that kind of game where people after that game was over, looked at the standings, looked at the playoff bracketing and went, oh man, that sure would be cool, wouldn't it? But no, it'll, it'll never happen. And then went off to sleep crying into their pillows. Well, stop crying, folks, because it's happening tomorrow. And by tomorrow, I mean Wednesday, because you're going to listen to this on Wednesday when we post. Um, yeah. All I can say is, it's, I gotta, it's, it's, I it's, we've, been, we've been waiting 31 years for friggin' Christmas to come. It's Christmas Eve. Tomorrow's Christmas morning. And there's four to seven Christmases we're going to get. So it's kind of like Hanukkah and kind of like Christmas. Either way, whatever faith you celebrate, we get to have the celebration multiple times unless the team you like loses, in which case you can be sad afterwards. I have thoughts on these games real quick. It may have been 5-2 opening night. Calgary outplayed them significantly at 5-on-5. There was tons of penalties. There was a lot of stuff broken up at the start of the game because of all the penalties. Um, but five on five, that was the start. That was where I and, was like, I was writing it. I was like, Calgary is Calgary outplayed them. If they do that again and they consistently do that, they'll win games. And then we went on to see them uh, win five straight on a road. And trip. remember, that was that was the Flames where the Flames did not have enough cap space to really do a lot with the roster. And Tyler Pitlick was injured. Coleman was suspended, and okay. so the Flames. What they did was they went eleven and seven with Zadorov on the second pairing with Canada Shillington, and Shillington, Shillington is a play. seven. He barely Shillington played two minutes, 50 seconds. Like Shillington was yeah. like Shillington was actually going to play. Now we could see this in the later games. Shillington played in most of them. Uh, it was the Flames still figuring out this time. Again, Calgary outplayed them. Calgary outplayed them in all four games at five on five in terms of chances created and prevented and stuff like that. What burnt them is the fact that added up over the four games, Calgary gave up seven power play goals. I think and, it, uh, the, the five on five scoring more to any other team from, from what season? I remember, correct me if I'm wrong. The, the overall scoring was 17, 16 Calgary in the aggregate across the four games. The even straight scoring was 14 to seven Calgary. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's power play it, and people use the phrase power play merchants, but you can use it all they want. If they get power plays and they score on them, they, it's still, the games still get turned into W's for the Oilers. So you can complain about that all you want. If you're Connor McDavid's a speed demon and he draws a lot of penalties. If it's you're lucky it, enough to have a McDavid in a dry sidle and the, and the personnel they have their power play, do, good, part, use them, part of, do it. Part of being a superstar is having that ability that draws you those extra penalties. Like that, that's, that's part of it. So yeah, it was is a bit. It was funny to watch the Jets sweep the Oilers last year when McDavid didn't draw a single call. But I watched that and I was like, no, McDavid should have drawn seven hookings a game, and they just didn't call it. This year, they are calling. They're calling the rule book, especially to start series. It, it's a penalty field affair, and what I really believe Calgary needs to do, Calgary needs to stay out of the box, which means one thing that fans are gonna. I'm gonna suggest that fans are gonna hate, and that's no shenanigans. Not look, play hard, hit hard. If you get a call on a, a big hit for a boarding or something, t- that's fine. But the coincidentals, the four on fours, the whatever, that's when you, when you give me and David. I'll, space, I'll, I'll interject with this. The, this the, I'll interject with this. The series supervisor for the officiating uh, during this uh, this round via our friends at Scouting the Refs is uh, Don Van Massenhoven, who is the same supervisor that they had for the, the Flames Dallas Stars series. So 
it you should expect the same kind of standard, which means play hard between the whistles, but any any kind of silliness after the whistles is going to get uh, going to get called. So, you, uh, you both. if you're the Flames, I mean, just don't get too riled up playing Cassian and Evander Kane and and those and those hard. gentlemen. But I think I think what just happened against Dallas and how they got into the shenanigans and the whole Klingberg thing early. And it didn't work for them. They were, Kachuk spent way too much time in the box. He did. And he was a non-factor in a lot of those early games because he was in the box most of the time, especially when they needed him at four on four. He's, his brain, his, how he thinks about the game, he's valuable out there. We need you on the actual ice, man. Okay. So, Here's my question for you, Shane. Does the fact that the Flames went through the series they did with Dallas make them better suited for the series? I, I really, I've been thinking that for three days. I, I honestly think because of the adversity they had to face with not only the goaltender, but trying to score in some of these games, especially early, there was games where they couldn't get anything because the stars were just shutting them down defensively. Now, in fairness, Calgary was playing defense first hockey themselves, uh, high centers, one man in on the four check, you know, you, you've got to win those puck races to those those battles and you try to get your turnovers in the neutral zone so you can quickly turn around and attack them again that's hard to do when the other team can have speed through the neutral zone and if you're not defending your zone if they're trying to exit their own zone if you're not defending it properly you're going to get into trouble calgary's really good and holds a nice structure and that's that's part of the system and the process that daryl talks about but you need to do that every single shift you don't need to take risks certain times unless you're really trailing late in the game and you're desperate for a goal stick to the process Calgary did stick to the process in game seven and it turned out well for them. They stick to the process the whole time. Like you said, they lost the first game in the regular season. They lost to quite a few. I think they lost that overtime game to Anaheim and then they went on the road trip and they won all five. And that was, I said earlier, that was the best thing that could happen. Because now all of these players know that if you just play this style of hockey and you just keep playing it, it breeds victories. It breeds wins. And then when it came time, when the games matters, they kept to it. They stuck to their guns and it, came out with a victory and as we know w's is when he's impressed yeah w's baby that's when he's impressed and guess what they got their big w so i think what they faced against dallas like edmonton beat la six nothing and eight two in games two and three i think that's not that much adversity you weren't really worried or getting played hard in those games you 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 were spreezing through them now they still had to get to game seven and they, they still had to do it. They faced their own adversity. I just think what Calgary faced was stronger. Now, does that, does that matter? No, what matters is what happens on the ice later. But in theory beforehand, I just believe that that Calgary series against Dallas helped them more than the Edmonton series against LA. And I I'll, do. I just I'll, think I'll add this. I'll add this. I was on, uh, on my usual weekly hit with Pat and Matt on 960 on Tuesday and, you know, I, my prediction was Flames in seven. I'm standing by that. My official prediction is Flames in seven. I think it's going to be a fun seven games. But I think one of the X factors could be, I guess, two things. One, home ice, because the Flames get have home ice in four out of seven games. And I think it'll matter. And the reason I think it'll matter is if you look at the coaching in season, in, in round one, it was Daryl Sutter, who's 64 and coached a million years. I think Daryl, in terms of uh, in terms of playoff games and playoff wins, he's, I think, depending on what happens with the series, he'll be top five or top six all time in NHL history. So Daryl Sutter's coached, for lack of a better term, a shit ton of hockey. He's coached a shit ton of regular season hockey and a shit ton of, you know, playoff hockey. He's got he rings. played in 54 playoff games. Yes. 
Yeah. So he, he has, he, Daryl Sutter has played a ton of hockey and he's coached a ton of hockey. Todd Woodcroft, very good coach in the American league. Very good coach. You know, he's worked his way through. He's, he's come by it. Honestly, he's a very good coach. Very bright guy. Uh, I've heard I've nothing but positive say about Todd Woodcroft, but he's coaching his first Stanley Cup playoffs. And I think that'll matter. Uh, Rick bonus versus Daryl Sutter. The experience is basically a wash. And I think the only difference is that Rick Sutter's head coached in more Stanley Cup final than, than, uh, than Rick bonus had. But I think, I, I love I think Sutter would just always refer to Rick in the press conferences and he's like, Oh, get Rick up here. Like he, he knew, him, right. Like, like they're not going to talk mid series, but you know, he had the respect for Rick. Now, I, he probably has a bit of respect for Woodcroft. Woodcroft's been around a little while as an assistant coach. It's not like he's just come out of the wood. And, you know, Todd, Todd Woodcroft coached, against, coached in the AHL against uh, Ryan Huska and against Cal McClain. And he's he's come – he's been on staff before. He's worked his way up. I mean, you know, there's – there's I, they all respect each other. The, the coaches – the more time you spend in and around hockey and media and, and otherwise, hockey's a really small world. There's – everyone in hockey knows each other. There's people who, are, who know you in hockey that you don't even realize know you. And so there's, there's no, I don't think there's any animosity or any disrespect amongst the coaches, but I also think that between a guy who's coached a million, uh, you know, a ton of key games in the NHL and been there, done that, wrote the book, well, went back to the first and came back victories ever. Daryl Sauter's got yeah. eight, eight and three. I, I think, I think in, in what is going to be a really evenly matched series uh, that'll probably end up being your, Daryl's ability to use the flames depth versus Todd Warcroft's ability to deploy his stars. I think the Flames depth and I think Daryl's coaching and his ability to line match with last change in four games out of seven. I think it'll be a close enough series that that'll make a difference. Another thing to think too, all season long, Daryl rolled all his lines and no one played more. No, most forwards didn't play more than 18 or 19 minutes a night. There was plenty of times this year because, because you got to remember Jay Woodcroft wasn't the coach the whole year. Dave Tippett had them and Dave Tippett rolled the crap out of McDavid dry saddle. When Woodcroft took over, he immediately dialed their minutes back a bit and it was working for a while, but then they went on a bit of a losing streak and he was resorted because of the situation they were in. You have to ride your stars because you just didn't have enough runway to try and make the playoffs. Yet you have, and if you have a McDavid, a dry saddle, of course you'd ride a McDavid, a dry saddle who wouldn't, but you know, that's another factor in this playoff series. You know, if they play 23, 24 minutes a night and it gets long and they just played a seven game series where they had to do the same thing against L.A., you know, how much when do they run out of gas? Yeah. That, I'll, that's say, I'll just interject. I called him Todd Woodcroft. Todd's his brother. I again, no disrespect to Jay Woodcroft. Todd Woodcroft is his brother who coached it for Vermont and he used to be an assistant coach everywhere. I yep. was referring to Jay when I said Todd. And I yeah, we, I just, I just went I on wasn't going to hey, If I'm going on a tangent about how there's no disrespect in Hockey the Small World, I don't want to be that asshole who goes like, ah, I've got the wrong Woodcroft. Look at me. Jay Woodcroft. But yeah, I, I think. But those I think those are right. kind of things I look at and go, okay, well, that, that's where Calgary could possibly get an advantage. But like I said earlier, until you're playing, and they say this all the time, until you're playing in these games, and these games are going to be more emotional than the players and the coaches will let on because of the, the rivalry and the hate that these guys have for each other. They hate each other. They do. They don't like each other. They don't like playing against each other. And I bet you they wouldn't like being on the same team as each other very much. Other than Derek Ryan, apparently, who just went up there. And now we've got to try and kick his butt. But he's a nice man. I like I like, I know, I I really like Derek. Like Derek. He used to a play guy. with a buddy of mine. He used to play at the University of Alberta with a buddy of mine named Kyle Fakel. 
Pal Faco won uh, defensive defenseman of the year up there quite a bit. And he, he told yeah. me Derek Ryan was one of the best players he ever played with. And he's nothing but respect for him. So I, I, he was fantastic defensively for us. And it sucks that he's on the other team because he's a good shutdown guy and he could cause, he's not going to play Gaudreau and he's not going to play probably the back of the line, but he could do damage against uh young croak Dubé to Foley. He could do damage against the flames fourth line, but you know, it depends. It depends if they go 11 and seven and the flames, know. Fourth line is Lucic Lewis and whoever and, and whoever they decide to throw out, give a little extra minutes to. And I'm not really worried when they're out there because Milan Lucic, Trevor Lewis do the right thing. They get the puck out, they get the puck deep, and I'll, that's what they worry I'll about. say this. I'll say this. Would you rather have Derek Lewis or Derek Ryan or Trevor Lewis? Trevor Lewis has been there more often. I'd rather have Trevor Lewis. I love Derek Ryan. Love Derek Ryan. And that's and that's I I would, I would say, if you want to get into the Derek Ryan of it all, I would just say that, I you know, Derek Ryan, I think the Flames want a different fit. It's not like, I don't think anyone yeah. went around going like, I don't think anyone in the Flames the hockey office off group was twisting their mustaches going, that Derek Ryan's pretty low, pretty lousy player. You know, I think they went, here's how much cap we have available and here's the attributes we feel like we don't have and do we want to make changes here, there, and everywhere in order to bring in more of that. And it's he like it's like one point one two five versus Lewis is seven. Calgary just didn't have the room to pay. I'll, I'll say this: it's like it's like the you know we talked about this in the past, like TJ Brody versus Chris Tanev. One of them's playing right now, and one of them isn't. And that's not a knock on other player, but I think a lot of times you make moves, what look like lateral moves, based on style and based on fit and based on you know qualities that you think you don't have and things that you think you want, like. You know, compliments for for for, de- for defensemen. You look, you they've been. You know, I, I know for a fact they look at things as simple as how are the, how is player X at defending the rush? How is player X at defending the home plate area? Defending the royal road? Defending the blue paint? All those little things. What kind of chances they give up in this area? This area? This area? This area? And you know, for they you know they they made a choice to go with Chris Tanev and some other players rather than throwing resources at guys like Cam Cam Talbot, very good goaltender, had a lot of success this year in Minnesota. Unfortunately, he isn't still playing, which he was. Bitter, bitter, bitter about how it went Minnesota. His wife made some uh, Instagram posts. And- uh, you know, people, people, I'll say this, don't trust anything anyone, don't hold anything any, anyone says on social media immediately after a loss against them because it's, emotions are raw. But yeah. I mean, Cam Talbot, I mean, people well, around the team people who come down them. the stretch and then you don't play until your back's against the wall i yeah. i'd be a little ticked i would be yeah, ticked but i mean you know at, at the same time i mean camp talbot like cam talbot's a good goalie if you have a chance to get a friggin hall of famer to play in your team i don't know if i would have made the same decision style yeah so he'd be mad at me and i'm sorry as a coach as a coach it's if as a coach if if you won this series you're you're a genius no matter what you do if you lose the series you're you're you're, you made the wrong goaltending choice because they had uh, i'll 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 say that like we've had we you know we hear this we we hear this every year during uh the post uh, post postseason press conference from from brad for living there's one team that's happy at the end of the season and then it used to be 30 teams that were mad now there's 31 and right now there's eight teams left playing and there's 24 teams that are pissed off and, and disappointed. One, one Alberta team is guaranteed to be a final four team, which should pump this province up win or lose. Now I'm not asking you to like the Oilers, but that's, that's pretty good for the province itself. That's good for Canadian hockey fans themselves. One, oh, and, well, this, this will be the second year. This is the second consecutive season. And this is this time we did it without any kind of, 
Canadian division shenanigans. This yeah. is the first year, the second, this is back-to-back years, they're, we're guaranteed to have a, a Canadian team in the final four. And that's pretty cool. Regardless of how you feel about the Oilers, I can hear many of you in, in, our, in the comments section and in the replies of the tweet we put up for this thing, you know, putting in profanities about the Oilers. You're well within your rights to do so. Try not to, to say too many curses in the, in the, we try to run a family program here, except when Shane and I feel like cursing, but you know, that's why we do, need a podcast. So we can curse. Do you want to know a fun fact? Do you want to know a very fun fact? I love fun facts. Okay. Okay. Every Canadian team since 2004 has been to the third round, except one. The Toronto Maple Leafs. And, and if you take the Jets out of it, every single team has been due, like other than the Jets and the Leafs, Every single one of them since 04 has made a cup final. None of them have won. Maybe this is the year. Senators lost the Ducks. <laughs> Montreal lost the uh, Lightning. At least, it, at least Canadian fun. teams are getting it. The Canucks should have beat the Bruins, but Tim Thomas. And, and, and the, you know what I'm saying? Can, there's been a lot of pain across Canada. Just having a Canadian team in the final four is just a bonus for the country gives people elsewhere even casual fans something to cheer for whether it's calgary whether it's edmonton it's still a good thing okay I, Go for i've made my prediction flames and seven shane what do you think six flames and six, flames and six. okay i I, uh, I think mcdavid blows them out of the water one game i really think they did just get like every game we just saw against dallas was a one goal game uh, take the empty net goals out one goal game i think one game the oilers blow the pants off the flames I don't know which game it'll be. I it'll be an Edmonton. It'll be an Edmonton. Probably an Edmonton for the Edmonton crowd, and there'll probably be three, two, three power play goals involved. I, but I, I do think Edmonton finds a way to win another one as well. But I, I also think we see Miko Koskinen at some point in the series. I do. I think. Okay. I think. I think Calgary knows Mike Smith. Calgary knows his tendencies. They've. They've. They're Old Schmitty. And. And I think uh, I think they know. I think Johnny Gaudreau is going to be the same Johnny Gaudreau we just saw. And the Oilers' defense uh, has weak points. And I just those are reasons why I think Calgary. Now, if Edmonton does, guess what? They should. You have the best player in hockey. You should win this series. You should. I'll, you I'll say this. I'll what say this. Do? <laughs> I, I'll say two thing, two nice things about the Oilers, and I probably won't say many more nice things about them until the no, series it's, is it's over. Game, game face. Two things. One. God, I love watching Connor McDavid play. I mean, in this market, like I, I grew up, I, I happened to grow up in this market. I was very fortunate enough. My dad was a season ticket holder. So I got to go to a bunch of games growing up. I grew up at a perfect time. I got to grow up in the heyday, the 90s heyday of Mario Lemieux and Oilers and then Kings era Gretzky before he went to St. Louis and the Rangers became very bad or at least worse than he was he became league average <laughs> yeah he became Gretzky bad not regressed regressed bad. Reg- regressed to like still top level <laughs> yeah he regressed to being like an average second line player that's yeah. beside the so and and now we get a chance to watch mcdavid on the regular and good like i'll say this for this market whether or not you like the oilers most of you don't good for you We've really blessed being in this market and being able to watch so many talented players in this division in this city uh, you know, from, from this team and other teams, like it's the hockey's never boring and the hockey's never really that bad. And so, you know, it's, it's a testament to how the game has evolved that there's so many good players in the league and so many of them happen to be plunked down in the Pacific division. We had the Sedins, we had any number of good Kings players over the years. Uh, Anze Kopitar currently uh, many, many good young players of these teams, all the good Oilers players we've seen, many good Blaze players we've seen. So for one, 
I, I just, I, I really like watching Conor McDavid play and I still feel fortunate to be in this market and be able to have seen so many good players. That's, that's nice point. Number one, nice point. Number two, I love Mike Smith. Like, I mean, is he a great goalie? No, but in a, in a, in a sport for some reason, his chaos, I don't know. Chaotic style makes. Yes. And I'll say say, both on and off the ice. Mike, Mike Smith is a character in a sporting world, like, you know, other sports have encourage characters because of the type of, of sport hockey is where it's emphasis on team emphasis on collective action, six guys working together, 20 guys working together. All the other sports seem to have more flashy characters and quirky people in them for whatever reason. I think it's, I think it's a culture thing, but Mike Smith is a character. He does not give a crap but anyone thinks about it. And regardless of whether you like him as a goaltender on, on the ice, I think off the ice, you have to respect the fact that he's got swagger and he does not care if you like it or not. So Mike Smith, regardless of the outcome of the series, you're ridiculous and we love you. Please stop playing the puck. It makes everyone no. nervous in both teams. No, no, no. Keep playing the puck. Keep Keep playing. I still, it. I still have Keep coming I, out. I still I, have nightmares from that. Good from one of, the, one the, of the key your, differences the between one of the key differences between Key and Mar, uh, Key uh, Smith and Markstrom is what it, Sutter said it earlier. Markstrom doesn't pass the boards. Marks Marks pass the defensive. Now there's occasional Markstrom bringing the boards because I'm weird, but but Marks passes that. Mike Smith goes for the stretch passes up the middle. That's that's the dangerous. If he took that out of his game, if he if he just did the same oh, okay, thing, what, as what playoffs, was it? Was it game one where he delivered the one, pizza went, right up the middle? Yeah, up the middle. It turned over. Now it came back around the net all the way up to the boards, but he was – the style he plays, he's panicked and he's all over the place. He doesn't have his net anymore after that. And then when the when, – He when, slid know, in think, and made the one save, and then it went all over the place. And, and then it went back to the D, and the D-man just fired it in because he was didn't have his net, right? He wasn't set anywhere because he was – he's so chaotic. If the rebound goes, he's not really like, – that, that's where you really need to capitalize. I think you put it best. Love is chaos energy. It's it, you know what? It's he's in the NHL. No one can anyone can criticize him all they want. Dude's dude's in the NHL. He signed next year for two million some dollars. He's and doing he, something he's right. Better. You can't score on him in your beer league. Like, like I can't, I probably couldn't. Score I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have signed him for two years, but I completely I understand the idea behind signing well, him one year. Extra insurance too. Right. So like, like they have some. They have. Yeah, and, but you uh, can go to the. You can go to. We're gonna have a fun time, Mike. We're gonna have a. We're gonna have a. Okay. Our so, hair is gonna fall out. So, guys, here's crazy. here's the deal. Here's the deal. So, there's gonna be at least four games. They're playing every second day. They're playing Wednesday night at seven thirty in Calgary. They're playing Friday night at eight thirty in Calgary. 830. Yes, eight thirty. Make sure you get a nap in beforehand. Don't have anything useful to do the on Saturday. Sun, then then we're then uh, the games in Edmonton are a 6 p.m. start on Sunday. So you get an early dinner in, grab some grab some pops, and then watch the game. God knows how long that game's gonna last. The then the 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 Tuesday, the day after the holiday Monday, I believe it's another 7:30 start in Edmonton. Double check your local listings. I might have that wrong. Those mm-hmm. are the four games that are guaranteed. It co- so it goes Wednesday, Friday in Calgary. And then Sunday, Tuesday in scenic Edmonton. And if after Tuesday, five, they play game. They, if necessary, game five is in Calgary. Game yeah. on third. Game five is in Calgary on Thursday. Game six would be Edmonton on Saturday, and then Monday, I believe the thirtieth, if necessary, in Calgary would be game seven. And see how many they need. There, 
And if they get their pike, I will be at the Red Mile for game five and probably maybe through to game six. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what the boss says, but uh, we'll see. Game five for sure. I'm hit. If it's there, I'm watching from the Red Mile. I'm going to be there early as heck. I'm going to be, I I was listening to Commodore and talk about him and Warner's night on the Red Mile. (laughs) And and heck, maybe, maybe you see a Brady Kachuk sighting folks. He's been, he's apparently on a bender and I'm having like, I don't, I don't know how anyone can complain about this. This is just good. It's good for the senator's exposure. It's just fun for everything. He said on the broadcast, he says, first things first, go sends go. But it's his brother. He's allowed to support his brother. And he's I think it's fun. fun I think it's fun. Uh, so, folks, so let's put it this way. It's been 31 years yeah, since... Brady if he runs into me. It's been 31 years since uh, the last time we did this thing. And most of us were either small children or not alive yet. When those of us who are alive enough to remember what the hell is going on are old and nostalgic now. So I, our advice to you guys is we don't know when this is going to happen again it might be another freaking 31 years and we'll all be old and grumpy by the time it happens again. And we'll be talking about, Oh, this hasn't happened since 2022. What the hell? So I'd be 60. Yeah. We're going to be, we're going to be old as shit. Uh, So our advice to everyone is have some fun, you know, by this point, you know, we're second round. Everyone kind of knows what they're comfortable with in terms of crowds, in terms of wherever, whatever your comfort zone is, go out and have a freaking blast enjoy it hang out have some beers with Oilers fans within reason have some flames whiskey with Oilers fans you know just go out and enjoy yourselves in whatever way you want to that world is going to be watching this This yeah it's it's it's, the second round series the world is focused on this there are are 18 still playing and the flames are one of them that's really cool they're playing edmonton for the first time in 31 years that's pretty cool uh, just have a blast. Uh, go to the Red Mile. If you can get tickets, go to the Red Lot. If you can't get to the Red Lot, tell us Spark is showing the games on their 360 screen. They'll be showing all of them, I believe. So you have to go to the Telespark website. You have, to, you have to get tickets. They're free, but they have a suggested donation. They're a not-for-profit. If you can chip in like 10, 20 bucks to them, they'd really appreciate it. Uh, if you have a favorite pub, they haven't really been able to have consistent business for the last two years. So by all means, go there, go early, get a good table, have a dinner, have some pops, tip generously. Everyone, you know, this is going to be really fun for everyone. If you have the opportunity, drive up to Edmonton, you know, you know if you can't, if you can't uh, go to White Ave, go to, go to hang out in Red Deer, hang out in small towns. Like this is going to be, <laughs> if you get a chance to watch uh, the Flames on the Flames uh, website, uh, Daryl Sutter's media address from uh, from Monday after morning after the uh, practice, oh, it was it was rare for him. In addition to complaining about uh, media asking about injuries, which I agree with, I get his point. I disagree with the idea that they that they should say media you can't ask because you just, just don't tell us. Just say I can't tell you, and then you know, it's like that's the end. Anyway, that's beside the point. But he had he gave this great answer about how fun. And how good for the province of Alberta, a battle of Alberta is the Calgary Edmonton series. There's, you know, I think, uh, tell me if I'm misremembering this, Shane, the three things that Daryl said bring folks together are sports, church, and music. Those are the three things in Alberta. Uh, Sports, you know, we we get together for things like the Olympics, the World Cup, the Stanley Cup playoffs, things like that. Things that, you know, we're going to be doing this again in the fall when uh, when Canada plays in Qatar for the World Cup. Uh, it'll oh, overlap yeah. with it'll overlap with like 
five yeah. or ten games of the Flames, but you know it'll be at weird times. So you can do both. So you can do day drinking and afternoon drinking if you want to. Uh, it's gonna be a friggin' blast. Uh, if you have, you know, you have some time to make bets with your friends uh, if, if they live in Edmonton, if you could put a charitable co- contribution to that, uh, things to recommend uh, a donation to, ALS Research, Cancer Research, uh, uh, Chris Snow in Calgary is currently, he was, you know, he was given a diagnosis that was uh, pretty grim uh, in 2019, and he's still with us, and he's still kicking ass, so if you can, if you have any extra beer money, uh, maybe skip around with you and your buddies and donate that money to uh, the ALS research. You can donate directly to Miami University because uh, uh, they have uh, they're, they're doing a lot of groundbreaking research there. You can donate to the Flames Foundation. Uh, they they do and, and they uh, they have a, a separate a specific fund for ALS research. Uh, if you if you followed Oilers Twitter at all, we have Oilers friends. They probably shared with you the adorable videos of Ben uh, Stetler, Stetler, Stetler. Stelter. 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 That's Stelter. Uh, it, whether or not you like the Oilers, you can't. I love that. You can't That's bad my mouth. favorite thing they've ever done. That He's, kid is living Sp- a dream. Him, him and that uh, the Spider Mabel from who Andrew Ference helped out years and years ago when he was the captain. But Ben Settler is a badass. He's such a cool kid. Uh, they've really embraced him. He's basically an honorary member of the team now. And he's easily the most likable Oiler or Oiler associated person. Uh, he is dealing, you know, he's currently. I believe recovering from uh, from treatment for brain cancer. He had a, a tumor in his brain, and you know there's a lot of good people working in, in uh, the Children's Hospital in the Edmonton area. And uh, so I believe it's the, the Kids Cancer Care Society in Edmonton, or Kids with okay. Cancer Society in Edmonton, or Kids Cancer Care in Calgary. The Flames and many Flames players uh, donate time and money to Kids Cancer Care in Calgary. Uh, the Oilers and you know Ben's family have really had a long association with Kids with Cancer Society in Edmonton. So our, lo- our long our long ramble is another this. one. I, one more that the Oilers would like is the Colby Cave Foundation. Yes, that's, that's another one yes. that's absolutely uh, the all these charities. If you have if you like, if this is a big thing. Celebrate, donate if you got 10, 20 bucks spare. All of these things are good things to donate. They're helping the province and they're helping people worldwide. Whether it's Snowy Strong, whether it's Ben, whether it's the K Foundation, all of it's good stuff. It all helps people use this for good. Don't fight each other on the trains, please. Donate money instead. Exactly. So again, if you if you if you're if you have the time and uh, and have the ability with you and your buddies, you know, skip skip a round of uh, of pops at the at the pub uh, in between games or in between intermissions. Donate the money. Any amount helps any of these charities. They they do, they can do a lot with a little amount of money. Frankly, they do a lot with a little amount of money as is. And if everybody chips in a spare, you know, a toonie, a loonie, a fiver, a 10, whatever you have, whatever you can give, uh, it'd be really appreciated for these charities. Uh, like, like, like Shane said, this is the series. There are, you know, uh, our, our friend oh, uh, from Daily Faceoff, Frank Valley, is covering the series this round. Pierre Lebrun from The Athletic is in town. I cover this team regularly. I'm in town because I don't heavy have to hitters, travel anywhere. Baby. So the heavy hitters and me and Pat are are covering the series. Uh, but it's it's gonna be it's gonna be really fun. We're gonna you know if you, if you're someone who's complained, oh the Leafs get all the attention Canada wide. Well, the Leafs got knocked out, so everybody's paying attention to Calgary and Edmonton now, and it's gonna be a blast. So do we can to have fun and do we can to help each other out and keep it keep it keep it on the rails. Uh, 
but you don't you right. don't want to be remembered as the person that got thrown out of the dome or thrown out of Rogers place or put in jail or you know who got caught peeing on something in public at the Red Mile or on White Avenue. So remember everyone's the the hockey world and the and the non-hockey world are watching. So just keep it on the rails, but have some friggin' fun because this is gonna be a really awesome two weeks. And at the end, one of these two teams is going to be playing with a one in four chance at the Stanley Cup. Final thing I got to say, party hard, party safe. And I think, I'm pretty sure you still left me Andrew WK, but Andrew WK is a goddamn poet who deserves to have his words stolen repeated. Uh, so that'll do it for us uh, for the Battle of Over to Playoff preview edition. Uh, as always, we're brought to you by DoorDash and by Rupert's Whiskey from Eau Claire Distillery. Rupert's Whiskey is the official whiskey of the Calgary Flames. Uh, drink responsibly, enjoy responsibly, and like Shane said, party hard, party safe. We'll see you guys in at some point next week. We have to figure out the playoff schedule. It'll depend on how many friggin' games this thing goes. We'll randomly cram a podcast in on an off day so can enjoy it. We could fit one in on Wednesday before. If, if they play Thursday, yeah, we'll, we'll probably do it on a regular day, but we, we, we we're doing this on a Wednesday simply because we didn't want to record it immediately before, immediately after a playoff game because that try would be to, Try to squeeze ourselves in between other jobs we have and the game. It's going to be, well, yeah. Every, we're, we're, as, as, uh, as my, as the, my, as uh, Tyler Remchuk at Oilers Nation joked to me, actually, Zach Lang said this. I'm, I don't want to misattribute it. Zach Lang, I were texting, he said, ah, we'll sleep when we're dead. Uh, yeah. May not that far, but we'll sleep with the playoffs over in like July. If this game goes to seven different overtimes in seven different games, I don't know if we'd survive to the end of two weeks, but we'll we'll sleep in July. So for, for Shane, I'm Ryan. Have fun, everybody, and we'll see you guys when we see you some point next week after three to four games. We don't know yet. Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact. You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. 
That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.